0: Happy Wednesday, you have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast and I am your host Jen here. Thank you so much for tuning in faithful listeners and for sharing a cup of coffee with me as we discuss the Bible this morning. We are still in the book of Exodus, of course, and we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 14 verses 10 through 20. This is getting into one of the most famous miracles that God ever did in the Old Testament, which is parting the Red Sea. So let's go ahead and talk about this portion of scripture. As I always do, I will be reading out of the WEB version of the Bible, but please feel free to read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. When Pharaoh came near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to Yahweh. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you treated us this way, to bring us out of Egypt? Isn't this the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh, which he will work for you today for you will never again see the Egyptians whom you have seen today. Yahweh will fight for you, and you shall be still. Yahweh said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Then the children of Israel shall go into the middle of the sea on dry ground. Behold, I myself will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will go in after them. I will get myself honor over Pharaoh, and over all of his armies, over his chariots, and over his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I have gotten myself honor over Pharaoh, over his chariots, and over his horsemen. The angel of God, who went up before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. It came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. There was the cloud and the darkness, yet it gave light by the night." One didn't come near the other all night. I'm gonna actually switch over to the Living Bible translation because I was reading this portion in that translation and I just really thought it was funny. Some of the ways the uh, <laughs> the Living Bible ended up wording some of this stuff. I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. So I'm switching over to the TLB version real quick just to discuss this portion of scripture. So in verse 10, it says that the Egyptian army started approaching and the Pharaoh was there with them. Now don't forget, the Pharaoh was considered at this time period To be a god The people worshipped the pharaoh as a god So keep that in mind as we continue to discuss this portion So it says that the Israelites were so afraid When they saw this huge Egyptian army coming after them Because you have to remember that Egypt was one of the greatest powers of the ancient world Egypt was so strong So if you see a huge Egyptian army coming after you This would be like one of the world's greatest powers right now coming after you in full force. That would be Terrifying. So these people are super afraid. But one thing I want to mention is something we talked about, I think it was on, oh, I think it was on last Friday, when God led the people to the Red Sea before Egypt even came after them because he knew that the Israelites were not going to want to see war. He knew in their hearts that if they saw war or experienced war of any sort, they would just return to Egypt, they would go back to being slaves and servants because they were not going to want to deal with the war. So that is why God brought them to this location in the first place. Now they were completely landlocked, kind of. They were stuck in the middle of the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. The only way back from the Red Sea was going where the Egyptians were coming. So these people were kind of trapped in the middle here. And who thinks that a sea is going to part? Of of course, no one in this entire Israeli camp thought that the sea was going to part and they were going to cross through. No one thinks of that because that cannot happen unless it's a complete miracle, which is what God ends up doing. So the people are crying out to God is what they say, What is what it says here. Which is great. You know, people can cry out to God all they want. But right after they're done crying out to God, (laughs) it says that this is why I like the TLB version. It says in verse 11, and then they turned against Moses whining. (laughs) Oh, I just, I cracked up when I read that the first time. I'm like, oh my goodness, whining. So it says that they turned against Moses whining. Why have you brought us out here to die in the desert? (laughs) So they're forgetting that not even a week ago, God had done all these crazy miracles and plagues and wonders in Egypt in order for them to be out of Egypt. God had done this for the people and it, now they're forgetting that Like I said, we talked about the Israeli people forgetting God. God already knew that this was going to happen and he already put things in place so that the people wouldn't forget him. But already they're forgetting the power of God and they're complaining and whining to Moses saying, here's what they say. This this is just so funny. They're just vomiting complete nonsense here. it says, There's no graves in Egypt for us. So you brought us out here in, in the wilderness to die. Okay, so what is Egypt famous for? Their graves, (laughs) their tombs. Egypt is famous for these elaborate tombs that they would make for their pharaohs and for the people. And I mean, Egypt is famous for their graves. So the people here are spewing just complete nonsense because they're so afraid. And they're like, look, there wasn't enough graves in Egypt for us. So you have to bring us out here into the wilderness to die. So they're they're blaming Moses. So at this point, I do want to, in their defense, (laughs) in their defense, they are not blaming God yet. So they are just blaming Moses and they are basically yelling at Moses and uh, saying all this weird stuff. So. Is that They say, you know what, we should have just not listened to you from the beginning. We should have just stayed in Egypt and been slaves our entire lives. Is basically what they're saying here in verse 12. They're like, we told you from the beginning to leave us alone, that we were fine being slaves. But of course they weren't. It says that God heard them crying out at the very beginning. Of all of this before the plagues even happened or anything, God heard the Israeli people crying out. They did want to be rescued, but in their fear, they are forgetting who God is. They are forgetting that how terrible life was in Egypt for them, and they are unhappy at Moses for leading them to the Red Sea and being trapped here. So it says that Moses ends up telling the people in verse thirteen and fourteen. He says. Don't be afraid. So he boldly says this to the people without even hearing from God first. So this was an act of faith that Moses was doing. Moses at this point in time had to have had a very strong faith in God because not only was he speaking with God on a very regular basis, but he was seeing all of these wonders that God was performing and he was kind of God's instrument to perform those miracles and those wonders and those plagues and everything else. So Moses had to have had a pretty strong faith at this point that God was going to lead the people out of this situation in whatever way. He doesn't know how yet. He doesn't know what God's going to do, but he knows that God has the power to lead the people out of this situation in whatever way possible. So boldly, he goes before the people and he's showing this great boldness to the people. And he says, just stand here and watch is all he says. He says, just be still. You don't even have to lift a finger. God is going to lead you out of this situation is what it says. Verse 14 is a very famous verse. It says, the Lord will fight for you and you won't even need to lift a finger. That's what it says in the TLB version. But I think uh, in other versions of the Bible, it says, uh, be still. The Lord will fight your battles for you is pretty much the verse. But Moses says this to the people without even knowing how God is going to respond, because he remembers talking with God and how this was a very important issue to God to get the Israeli people out of Egypt. This was very, very important to God to do this. So he knows that God is going to fulfill this thing that is so important to him, which is to uh, give the his people freedom. So now (laughs) it says in verse 15, some time might have passed, maybe a few minutes or maybe a couple hours. We don't know. But it says that the Lord says to Moses in verse 15, quit praying and get the people moving. (laughs) This is why I love the living Bible translation. It's just so funny the way the way it words stuff. Quit praying and get the people moving. So in other words, God is basically saying to Moses and and I'm going to go back to the W.E.B. with this one. It actually says in the W.E.B. rather than quit praying, God is saying, why are you crying to me? So it's not that God does not want people to pray. He always wants people to pray. In fact, there's a verse that says, um, never stop praying. So the way the TLB words it is not my favorite, but it's just kind of funny. So <laughs> so God is basically saying to Moses, like, look, why are you crying to me after you just gave this this bold speech to these people? Clearly, you know that I can do something. So quit whining like they were to me. So so clearly what had happened at this point, I'm going to jump away from what I was just saying. Clearly what had happened was Moses was showing this big, bold uh, fearlessness to the people, which is what he should have been doing as the leader. But now he went off into a, a private place, possibly, and started crying and complaining to God. God gets slightly irritated saying, okay, Weren't you just bold over here a second ago? So why are you crying? He's like, you already know I'm going to do something. So go, go and do it. He says, I am going to have the people march forward. Now, this probably would have sounded completely insane to Moses because he's like, well, where are we going to march? Because there's water on one side of us and Egyptians on the other side. So what are we going to do here? So God says, have the people march forward. And all you have to do is take that rod, hold it out stretch out your other hand and hold out your other hand. And when you do this, I am going to have the Red Sea part and the people are going to walk into the Red Sea on dry land is what he says. This would have been an insane, super cool miracle that God did. Because this is unheard of that God, you know, this is unheard of by the laws of nature. So and and of course, God can do this stuff. He's the one who created water in the first place. So obviously, he is able to do whatever he wants. So when he parts the Red Sea, he knows exactly how to do that. <laughs> so he was going to part the Red Sea in order for the people to walk on dry land at the bottom of it, basically. So he says at this point, In verse 17, he says, once again, the hearts of the Egyptians are going to be hardened. They are going to chase after the Israeli people. And God says that he was going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians because he is going to gain honor against them, basically. This is what he's saying. You know, once I've said this before, the Egyptian people had so many chances to follow God and they were just not taking them. So now it's coming to a head. It says that God is going to gain honor. Now at this point, he says, I will get honor and all of Egypt will know that I am Jehovah. This is how it is coming to a head. God is now saying that all of Egypt is now going to know that God is Yahweh. God is Jehovah. God is God. There is no other gods, little G-gods that can protect them, that can rescue them. You know, this Pharaoh, I said at the beginning of this episode was considered to be a god. And God is going to destroy this Pharaoh at this point. And all of these uh Egyptian men that rode out with him because it does say at the beginning of this chapter that Pharaoh and all of his advisors and all of his people had their hearts hardened against the Israeli people. So they chose to allow this to happen. So they chose this and God just sawed along and he was like, okay, you want your hearts to be hardened? Here you go. So now they're riding out against the Israeli people and God is going to prove that he is God by destroying the Pharaoh and the, this army that, went out with Pharaoh. And God is going to prove to all of the Egyptians how he is God. And this is just showing how much God really does care about other nations of the world. It's not just the Israeli people that God cares about, but he also wants the Egyptians to know who he is. So in verse 19 and 20, to conclude, it says that the angel of God, who was leading the people of Israel, so basically God, was in um, this cloud by day and then this pillar of fire by night, and he was leading the people where they should be going. And he led them there to the Red Sea to do this miracle for them, to show them his power and to gain honor over the Egyptians because he deserves honor over the Egyptians. So he leads the people to this point and it says now that he cut off the Egyptian people from coming any closer to the Israelites. There was this big, thick, dark cloud that surrounded them where they couldn't even see where they were going, so they had to stop in their tracks. But they were probably thinking, you eh, know, whatever, once this fog passes, we'll get the Israeli people because they've got no place to go. We're surrounding them. And it's possible that they were surrounding them. It's possible that they they went on either side of the Israeli people. You have to remember, there's about 2 million Israeli people at this point in time. And so they probably went around either side of them. So there's no place for them For the Hebrew people to go. So the Egyptians are like, okay, whatever. We have them surrounded. It doesn't matter either way. So (laughs) God cuts them off from coming any closer while the Hebrew people, while the children of Israel, pack up their tents and get everything going. And, you know, because they were camped there, they were camped at the Red Sea. So obviously they have to take a little bit of time to get all that stuff and to start traveling again. So it says that all night God did this and the people were uh, surrounded by Egyptians, but they were unable to come any closer. But on the other side of that big, thick, dark cloud was that fire, that area where God was giving the people light in order for them to be able to pack up their stuff. So there's fire on one side of the cloud, and then big, thick darkness on the other side. And if you think about that alone, it's showing two sides of God's personality. Once again, the side where he's giving light to his people, and he is good, and he is just, and he is uh, wonderful. And then the other side is his judgment. You know, he's, he's showing judgment to the Uh, to the Egyptians by giving them this thick darkness. So it just kind of shows two sides of God's personality very, very strongly just in this uh, little scenario right here. But we're going to conclude this episode today. And my takeaway from this episode here is just, once again, we need to remember God's goodness. You know, the Hebrew people forgot God within a week, almost how good God was and how he was so powerful and how he brought them out of the land of egypt so we need to remember god's goodness when things are going kind of bad for us because god is good god sees us and there's so many verses in the bible that say that god is going to fight for us like this one right here verse uh verse 14 and how god takes care of us so we just have to remember how good god is and how much he takes care of us no matter what we are going through Friends of Faithful Listeners, this was Exodus chapter 14, 10 through 20. I hope you loved this episode. And uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to take a look at my Out of the Mire uh, book that I published back in May, I would love for you guys to take a look at it. I will drop a link to it in the bio. And uh, it is... Available on Amazon. I actually just updated it I think last week or the week before and it just looks so good It's super crisp and beautiful looking and the pages are so much more colorful and uh, it's a great devotional for you to do if you are going through some sort of depression or hopelessness. And of course, it is the story of Joseph, which we learned about back in the book of Genesis. So if you're interested in looking at that, please click on the bio and you will be able to uh, jump over to Amazon to take a look at that particular book. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.